This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you. You, 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 it's brought to you by you, by you, brought to you by you, brought to you by you. Do the talking, Dad. That is amazing. Yes, you, by going to patreon.com slash says who, you are the one that is responsible for all of this that is in your ears right now. So thank you. You, 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 you. Thanks. Patreon.com slash says who. Did I talk over the important part? No, it's fine. Patreon.com slash says who. Stan, do you like having fun? I love having fun, Maureen. Do you like podcasts? I do like podcasts. Do you like spending weekends with incredibly cool people and doing cool stuff? You read my mind. Do you like Nashville? Yes. Do you like, oh, I asked you if you like having fun podcasts, doing cool stuff with cool people. Because it turns out. Yeah, there's, there's a thing that does there's... all those? Yes. What? It's Pod X. Whoa, it's got a, a cool name too. An incredible new podcast convention run by awesome people. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be in Nashville from May 31st to June 2nd, and we are going to be there. You can go to podx.com slash says who and get 10% off. What? Your ticket. I know, right? Look, you guys, maybe you're on the fence. You're like, I don't know. Do I want to go for a thing and a weekend? I don't know. And you're not. I'm like, look. Come on now. Come on. Like, how far is it from Chicago? It's a full day's drive. Is it? Yeah. But just one. That's like close in the Midwest. That for you is like a normal morning, as far yeah. as I can tell, considering the kind of, you know, you bring in the Airstream? No, we're not bringing the Airstream, but we are driving down. So I get to see the baby and I can sing the putting on your pants song? The whole family's coming. Oh my gosh. So you guys, you got to come if you really like to have fun and go to places it's going to be pretty, pretty cool. Podx.com slash says who. Be there. Hey, uh, Lauren, do you? You hear that music? Hello. Whoa. Hello. He- hello. Hello. Is this it's is me. this the Queen of England? It's me, the Queen. Hello. Oh. Yes. Things don't seem great there what? right now. What's she talking about? Everything's just... everything's fine. I mean, later in this episode, we're talking a lot about Brexit. Yes. Are you sure everything's okay? husband is 112 and he still drives. He's killed many, many people with his Land Rover. He just drives and drives. Okay. Yes. Do you know you're on a podcast right now, Queen? I won the war. Okay. Hello. Hello. Brexit. Yes. 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 I I know all about it. Okay, tell us. Everything's fine. Hmm. 
Oh, is, is it? Scroots! Ah, oh. I tricked you. It was me oh. the whole time. Oh! oh I gotcha. I gotcha, motherfucker. Ah, I gotcha, Scroot. I gotcha when you were least expecting it. It was me. And I'm here to talk about Brexit, which is like a big political scroot. Oh, scrooty scroot. Stretchy and baggy. Gross. Yep. That's right. Did you like my impression? It was pretty convincing. It was. Yep. I'm pretty clever. Anyway, Brexit is a real shit show. It's even as bad as here. It's scroots. To the left be scroots to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. And says who? Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I am Maureen Johnson. And I am Dan Sinker. Maureen, we are both back in our homes. For it, yeah, but you know what? I'll be gone next week. Yeah, you're leaving again. Jesus. Yep. I know. Going to California. That's where I just came from. Well, Dan, we sort just, of. We just cross in the air again. We're fucking up the. We're fucking up the magical spell. We gotta get it together. We are. We really are. We really are. Ha! Huh? It feels nice to be back in my basement again. I have to say. It feels fine to be back in the closet. Although the other places I've recorded from were cushy uh, hotel room in Chicago that looked out over the lake, um, like a golf course, warm place in Florida. Uh, where else have I been? I don't remember. Places. It's all, it all blurs together at a certain point. This past week, I drove to Denver and then immediately got on a plane and flew to Los Angeles and then flew back to Denver got in the car and drove back to Chicago. You act like a man on the run from the law. I, th- by the end of it, let me tell you, by the uh, the day that I was supposed to fly home, uh, the reason that all of this happened was because it was it was my kid's spring break and uh, Janice's family lives in the Denver area. And so they were going to go do spring break and I had work I needed to do. But the day that I was to fly back from LA to Denver, I had become so completely confused as to times and time zones that I got my phone out to get a car to take me to the airport. And the little car app asked me which terminal I needed to be in because apparently United has two terminals at LAX. So I pulled up my ticket and I looked at it and I was like, why are all these numbers wrong? And it turns out I was getting ready to leave for the airport five hours before my plane. That is incredibly tough to hear. I don't, I did not know if I was coming or going by the end of all of that. Yeah, you did write to me and said, hey, guess who has no idea when his plane is? Yeah. I mean, thankfully it was in that direction. It could have just as easily been my plane took off five hours ago and I was still there. Dan? It did mean that I got to go to the L.A. Public Library and write, and boy, that is a beautiful place. Uh, that, I, which branch were you? The central, the main deal. The main one. I'm going to be speaking at uh, one of the branches of the L.A. Public Library when I go next week. <sighs> 
We're jet setters. I'm trying to plan this trip around California. And Dan, it is, I do not know what to do. Like, it's, it's so like, okay, this distance looks really short, but I think that's actually going to take me four hours. So can I yeah. do this thing and get here? And then, yeah, so I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm going to be driving around. At some point, I believe that I'm going from L.A. Well, I am going from L.A. to San Luis Obispo. And Whoa. I think that means it's going to be taking me through Santa Barbara, which means yep. I'm going to have to get out and take some pictures in front of buildings I think have been used in the TV show Psych, which is my one of my favorite shows and has been like therapy for me for the past two months. I just constantly have it on in the background. And for some reason, it's like an antidepressant. It's so good. <laughs> It just has made me feel better. And you know, when you got the thing, you're like, it's working. Let's do this. Like, yeah. Don't so want to disrupt anything. No. Keep it going. So I have to go to Santa Barbara and pay pay tribute. It's I'll beautiful have... there. Sounds nice. It all sounds nice out all there. Sunny and nice. If you go Today to San we... Luis Obispo, just go a little bit further. You can go to the uh, Hearst Mansion. Well, my friend. That lives shit in is San... bananas. She lives in San Luis Obispo and. Um, I'm going to be there for a couple of days. There you go. With a house full of dogs and cats and friends. Like, that's that's pretty good. That sounds great. I know. I'm coming. I know. It sounds like I'm living. You are living. Well, I don't get out much sometimes, Dan, and because I write for a living. It means you be inside all day getting weird. I'm writing a book, yeah. Dan. Got a book due. You are. So it, do. It is. Super dude. <laughs> The story of this book is a book that is due. Okay, in my defense, it always happens this way. I do yeah. my best work when I'm in the panic room. You're like Brexit. Brexit looms fairly large in the old my and Oscar household. Um, Oscar being my husband and an English person who daily watches his country punch itself in the dick. That's fun. That's fun. Let's bring an expert in to talk about that. But first... But first... Let's talk about our own homegrown dick punching. All right. It uh, When last we spoke, Maureen, the bar summary of the Mueller report had dropped, and someone was... In the midst of a victory lap. Indeed. That victory lap seems to have... And and one of the things that we said when we spoke was... He is going to overplay this hand. This guy? I know. <laughs> I, he usually is a real... Keeps it together. Yeah, real, you know, real example of restraint. Mm -hmm. But, um... But it did seem like he might overplay this hand. And it has been sort of impressive to watch him just burn up whatever small amount of political capital he had. Jumping right into health care. That seems smart. Like, why not just touch the third rail that immediately derailed the elections in 2018 for you? Uh, he touched it, Dan. He, he didn't. He didn't touch. He went over and he put his dick on it. <laughs> he put a screwed on it. Oh no! Put a screwed. He said. He said that looks pretty electric. I'm 
Sorry. She says so much. She's just, she's gone. She's gone. She's, <laughs> she's gone. Sorry. She just stuck her. Yeah. He then... just seems to have really decided that he now can do whatever he wants. So he is threatening to close the southern border, which it seems like nobody believes. He is threatening to end aid to Honduras and Guatemala and El Salvador. He is going off the rails with lies about Puerto Rico. Like, Well, he's acting like someone who's been told that he has an invisibility cape. Yeah. And he's like, I, I, I can do anything and I can steal candy and I can. And they're like, well. He believes he has an invisible. You see, he's doing that because he thinks he's, he's been told he's invisible. <laughs> you know, you probably could tell him that. I think that there's a better than average chance you can tell him that the military has an invisible suit and that he's wearing it. Well, he firmly believes that they have invisible planes. Yeah. Now, he I has mean, said I that on multiple occasions. There's a non-zero chance that this would work. But you could definitely hand him just sort of a pantomime piece of cloth and tell him it's an invisibility cloak. And the next thing you know is you would see him walking down the halls of the West Wing with just like little statuettes stuck in his pockets. Like you, you'll be able to see yourself, but none of us will be able to see. And you'll be right. able to see your own limbs and everything because, you know, but. but he'll we just won't. have a bust of Abraham Lincoln stuffed down his pants. I can't, I can't unsee that, can I? My nope. mind's eye. Nope. Also today, he claimed his father was born in Germany. Yeah, he really. Now, now either his father was born in Germany, which seemed to be one possibility, and lied and said he was born in New York. Sure. Or he just decided to say his dad was born in Germany. I got nothing. I got nothing. I don't know what you do when the president's like, my dad was born in Germany and it he does not seem to have been born in Germany. I, I don't know what you do with yeah. that, Dan. Yeah. Born so October eleventh, nineteen oh five in New York City. He also for some reason could not pronounce the word origins and kept saying oranges instead. And he seemed to know that he wasn't saying the right word. Because then he would be like, well, you know, like the beginning, the oranges. Dan, I. Are we still making this podcast? Are we still. Do is this still a thing that we do where we have to ex just say things that happen and then. Yeah. Figure it out. Is that. Yeah. Yeah. People still listen? Yeah, they do. Well. At least. We have some closure on the Mueller report, right? Because they told us, you know, they said there's four pages. It's all fine. Like, no well, as it turns out, mm -hmm. the actual Mueller report is 300 pages long. And that's we, we're not even sure if that is just the report. And then there is a whole bunch of additional transcripts and evidence and all of that. But the, the, but the report is now being reported to be 300 pages long. And I don't know about you, Maureen, but mm -hmm. when I summarize 300 pages into four, mm -hmm. I tend to lose a lot of nuance. Hey, listen, Dan, I'm going to tell you a real truth. This is some real talk. 
Yeah. Sometimes when I have a book due and my editor's like, you don't have your book in, can you just tell us what it's about? <laughs> and I send in like four pages explaining it. And that buys me time before they have to see the 300 pages. <laughs> it's literally something I can relate to. <laughs> oh, that no. That has legitimately happened in my life. Uh, New York Magazine today quoted a senior White House official who said, quote, there'll be plenty of unfavorable things about the president in the full report, which we think will eventually come out. So let's not go overboard saying there's no wrongdoing. Let's move on. Hey, Dan, I'm going to take off. I'm just going <laughs> to. I got to go. Um, look, this has been fun. I, I just... It has. I don't, my brain is, it's all buttery, Dan. It just slides down things sometimes now. It's just like, it's its like I've been greased and dropped down a slide every once in a while where I'm like, sure. And I just, because I, I need my brain, Dan. I need it. I need it for my job. And I, I've realized because I am way deep in this book, which is the third book in a mystery series that is super duper complicated and my whole life is contained on these post-it notes, hundreds of them. And I carry stacks of, of post-it notes with me, like a, like someone, like if you saw me, you'd be like, just keep a 10-foot bear, like stay away from her because she's like, <laughs> I have it all here on these, po and it's like multicolored crumpled post-its <laughs> and shit written on napkins. Napkins, Dan, I legitimately have napkins in this pile of stuff. You're like, you're living your favorite scene in all the president's men. Yeah, I got, I got, I got, I got stuff on napkins. Yeah, you try, you try to be delightful, and you've had twenty cups of coffee. Oh, it's in my pocket. It's in my. It's like yes. Oh, another thing. So, I fucked up my shoulder, Dan. I I have a frozen shoulder on the left side. Oh, good. Hurts. I've had it for three months. It really hurts. I finally got to the doctor, and I was like. Mr. Shoulder, Dr. Shoulder, lift up. He's like, oh, yeah, you've lost 30% on this side. Oof. Um, you need to go to physical therapy. You know, I have trouble with my arms anyway because of the stuff. And and he's like, but I'm going to give you this shot and that'll help. So I had a, what, a cortisone shot in my arm, um, which was great because I could immediately, like, lift the arm up and it, it could move a bit more. And, it you know, it's, it's like kind of magical. But yeah. It is a shot full of steroid. So the next morning, I'm walking along with Oscar. And I'm like, hey, hey, let's take all these. I got my blender broke. And I tried to get a fix. And now we got a new blender. So let's take all these blender parts. Let's just donate all these. And I'm like carrying around a big. I was like, get all these blender parts. Let's take them to the charity shop. And he's like, I don't think they're going to want a bunch of blender yeah, stuff without a blender. I was like, come on, let's do it. Let's do it. And I'm just talking a mile a minute. I'm walking down the street. I'm like, I got all this blender stuff. We got it. He's like, you are just. And I was like, I don't. I just, I just get the blenders. And then. I went to the charity shop and they're like, we don't want this. And I was like, okay. And so I went down and I was like, let's go to Italy. Let's go to the coffee bar. Let's go to the coffee bar. So I went into the coffee bar and I'm like, I got to recycle these. He's like, yeah, you got to, and the guy's like, you got to recycle these. They'd make us pay to recycle these. I got, I'm like, I got all these blender parts down. I got to get rid of them. And then we're in line for the coffee bar and I see ahead of me a recycling bin, like that's just for cups and stuff. And I start quietly shoving in entire blenders and food processor bowls like one but like i put the small ones in and then by the end i'm just jamming the whole fucking giant blender in there dan i'm just like get in there get in there so i put a whole blender and food processor 
into the recycle bin of a fancy coffee bar, and I don't think anybody noticed. But my point was, that shot is basically speed, and the next day, it can make you go crazy and start talking a mile a minute to the point where you're just walking around jangling with big piles of blender parts that you end up hiding in coffee bars, Dan. So So you're doing well, is what you're saying. Dan, have you ever gotten rid of a blender and a food processor and all the associated cups inside of a coffee bar? No. I got a coffee and then then I started drinking. I was like, I don't think I should drink this, Oscar. I think my heart's going to (laughs) explode. He's like, okay. So he's very tolerant of these sorts of things. Um, There was a a point to this. Is now the right time to tell you that in order to get a loan, Trump added 10 stories to Trump Tower that don't exist. Look, why not? Let's do it. I mean, let's go for it. I think we should go for it. I don't think this sort of thing should be a problem, Dan. I just think that if you've got a blender that you can't fit, like, I don't, I didn't even want this blender. My dad won it at the casino. It's broken twice. I, I, it was nice. It's a ninja. It works well, but I'm trying to do this thing where I don't take in extra stuff. And then I try to fix everything like a real reuse, reduce, recycle thing. And I keep taking it to the Greek um, hardware store across the street uh-huh. where they can fix everything. And the guy was like, cannot fix blender. Terrible things have happened to blender. So I couldn't fix the blender okay. this time. Do you, okay. Um, yeah. Do you think it's a good time to discuss the fact that 25 security clearances were overridden by the Trump administration, even though the White House Personnel Security Office found them, those people to have, quote, serious disqualifying issues. My father has given me three blunders from the casino, and I've turned down two of them. And then I just had to get rid of this one. So I did something that maybe you're going to think is crazy, Dan. I When I, I bought a new one, because I use a blunder a lot, I bought the same brand, but I bought a small one, like a bullet size. Okay. It's much lower profile on the counter. This is... Okay. Um, So it's probably an okay time to talk about the fact that this weekend Secret Service arrested a Chinese national at Mar-a-Lago who had a USB drive full of malware. You know, I use a blender a lot more than you'd think. I would say that I use a I actually use a blender every day. Truthfully. This is a true story. I used one. Blending. I make a smoothie in the morning a lot of times with like an okay. oat milk and kale and things like and good mm-hmm. things like that. I make a lot of blended soups. Um, I make a really great uh, raw, like a vegan ramen that I have to blend some sweet potato in with the meat. It's it's real tasty. So I I was really disappointed about this blender breaking, but um, ultimately this this one is smaller. So. What you're saying is now is a great time to talk about Brexit. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, good thing that we've invited our friend Hayes Brown from BuzzFeed to talk us through the latest and greatest in the never-ending gift that apparently we'll always keep on giving, Brexit. A lot 
lot of questions for Hayes. So many. But we, uh, if it's okay, I'm just going to start with a kind of quick refresher for Americans. Brexit in 30 seconds. Well, I'm excited. All right. Well, I'm hoping you would do it. Brexit, 30 seconds. Come oh, on, God. Hayes, let's go. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So the United Kingdom a while ago said, you know what? We are going to hold a referendum to see if we still want to be in the European Union. And everyone thought, sure, why not? We like voting on things, except it passed. No one thought it would pass, but it did. So Theresa May becomes prime minister. She says, I'm the only one who can negotiate all the sides of this and get us a deal. She wastes two years trying to convince the people who say we should leave without a deal to have a deal. The deal she actually got with the European Union, she brought it back to her cabinet. They said, this is okay, question mark. A bunch of them resigned. Now she's tried three times to get her deal through Parliament, and it's failed every time. But guess what? Nothing else has the majority to pass either. Oh, no. But also, nobody wants an election. So that's where we're at right now. That was great. Wow. <laughs> you know, yesterday I was trying to remember through the murky past how all this bullshit even started. And it's it was, David Cameron's fault. It is David Cameron's fault. And it turns out that in England around about 2015, 2016, they also had a bunch of whack job shitbags around that were like, hey, we want to do this crazy thing. And you know what? I guess there are legitimate reasons. Like not everybody's a crazy shitbag. But all right. That. Some people are just like misguided shitbags. <laughs> yeah, some people are just misguided or, you know, but there's a whole bunch of racism and xenophobia and like, you're not going to come out here and uh, get our tractors. That's an English accent. And um, <laughs> Welsh? That might have been Welsh. I apologize or, to the Welsh. <laughs> or you know. Um, and so the conservatives, who are sort of like the Republicans, said, okay. Just to keep these super right-wing shitbags in our party quiet, we'll have your crazy referendum, and then we'll <laughs> shut you up for uh, for all time when when it's voted down, and you could say we voted on it, and you could shut up. Except they did it. They did the thing. They, they did just, the thing. They, I, th- I'm still shook. Like all, going on three years later, I'm still shook by the footage of people the next day going, "What well, I thought was just a protest vote, vote, didn't it? No, we we actually did it, huh? Yeah. And it's just like, wow, no. All those protest votes add up, as it turns out. And Brexit doesn't mean anything. So they voted on something that basically no one knew what it was. It was like saying, we're going to have a schnurkin. And everyone's like, yay, schnurkin. What's a schnurkin? <laughs> and then for two years, everyone's like, what schnurkin? What is it? We don't even know what it means. But schnurkin means schnurkin, as the prime minister said. And so here we are. And thank you for coming to Brexit Cast. And so this is the thing that I don't get, because y'all are Mm -hmm. talking about essentially shit that went down three years ago. It seems like the last month has been fucking wild. It has been. You're correct. Like all of that was wild. But this last month has just been like bananas in fast forward. Correct. Yep. Do you ever and turn I in don't a paper? get a single fucking piece of it. Ever turned in a book? Ever have a deadline for anything ever? <laughs> and you had to like fake your own death and be like, oh no, my arms have fallen <laughs> off my body. I need exactly. another week. Right. So the reason why everything is so crazy now is because of those years ago. Like, like I said in the recap, Theresa May promised when she took over uh, as the head of the Tories, the Conservative Party, that she would be the one who could shepherd through Brexit. And so they invoked what's called Article 50, 
which is a clause in the EU treaty, EU founding treaty that lets members leave. And once she said, okay, we're invoking this, that set off a two-year clock. The problem is that she set off the clock without having a plan internally. There was no plan inside the United Kingdom of what Brexit should look like. And the Tories have been split since, you know, jump. So what's wild about Brexit is that the referendum was never a purely like bi-party uh, vote sort of situation. There were Remainer uh, uh, conservatives and the Leave Labour members. Jeremy Corbyn, who's the head of the Labour Party, he never really campaigned super hard to stay in the European U Union. So with that lack of like a clear split between the parties, it's all been very confusing. And so May, when she took over, had to be like, well, those right-wing shitbags who wanted the vote in the first place think we should just leave without any sort of deal. Just crash out, leave immediately. Why even get a deal? We can get deals later. And so she has spent, she spent like a year and a half keeping those guys in line and trying to figure out what they actually want. While meanwhile, she's trying to negotiate with the European Union at the same time and has no idea what will actually have support. And that then has led to the European Union basically saying like, hey, now, time mm -hmm. to go? Or so, so no one wants the Britain to crash out, except the European Union's willing to let it happen. It's kind of like when your parent uh, tells you not to sneak snacks, like sweets before dinner. Because you, they know you, they know you'll eat like twenty of those Jello jigglers and feel really terrible about it. But if they I'll see you still sneaking, do that shit, but if they, but picture a little six-year-old body trying to ingest that many jigglers. They know it's bad for you, but you know what? Sometimes you just got to learn your goddamn lesson, and that's kind of what's happening here. Because here's what's crazy: May got a deal. May got a deal that her she agreed to, and that her cabinet agreed to, and that the EU agreed to. But she can't get the rest of Parliament to agree to it. And people are threatening to leave her cabinet and threatening to resign if either a harder Brexit or softer Brexit goes through. If, if, if there's a hard line decision to like, no, we're leaving without a deal, people resign from her cabinet, the government will collapse. If she goes for a softer, you know, we're going to have a customs union with the European Union, but we're not going to be like actually, actually in it. People will resign from her government and the government will collapse. So it's not looking great, man. Yeah. And also, um, this is a poison chalice. So mm -hmm. after David Cameron had this vote and it was like, surprise, Brexit, he left. He's like, well, it turns out I have a thing now. Goodbye forever. <laughs> and then he like jumped out a window. No, no, it's even better. He, he announced that he was resigning and then he whisked. He walked back into 10 Downing Street, humming to himself, like, I want to, where is David Cameron these days? I want, pe more people should be yelling at him, but he's like, vanished off the face of the earth. I have literally no idea where this dude is. So then there was a kind of, who wants to be prime minister? Who wants, and, to, who wants to do this? And Boris Johnson said, me, me, with his floppy hair waving about. And Michael Gove said, me, me, with his little glasses flipping about. And but both of them are crazy, so yes. no one really wanted to give them the job. But Theresa May comes in, says, "Well, Michael, you'll make a good environment secretary. Come join my cabinet." Boris, 
Want to be one of the four heads of state? Come be my foreign secretary. And both of them wound up stabbing her in the back multiple times while in her cabinet before eventually resigning after she got her EU deal and fighting it still to this day from the outside. Yeah, those shitbags left. They they all went to a big hot house last summer when I was there for my wedding. Yes. And they they locked them in a house. They're like, you can't come out of this house <laughs> until you have it. Until we all sit down. And everyone's like, it's so hot. You saw them pounding on the windows. Like, let me up. We have no fan. And Theresa May's government's like, ah, if you leave, you have to walk the five-mile driveway back to civilization, you cowards. Yeah. <laughs> sit down and work, you fucks. And, um, and a whole bunch of them quit. They were just, everybody was quitting. It was like... Heads were rolling like constantly. People were just running into the mm-hmm. woods. I mean, this thing is terrible because I guess the essential problem, Hayes, would you say, is that I, I'm going to make a very bad comparison. Mm-hmm. Everyone, like I said, everyone was like, let's Brexit, which is just like a concept that no one really knows what it is. And then it's as if you said to people, okay, who wants to go to dinner? And then and then half the people about just a little over voted to go to dinner. And then you spent two years trying to figure out what dinner meant. And then you came back and you're like, the only thing we can do is go to medieval times. <laughs> no, that's about right. And never... everyone was like, we don't want to. <laughs> but that sounds awesome. <laughs> right. But there's people out there who are like, no, that sounds like terrible. And also, what about the Irish? Yeah. Which is a whole nother level that we have to get into here. Um, because... The problem in Ireland is a huge stop stopping point for this whole thing. So as you might be aware, there were some things called the Troubles in Ireland because Northern Ireland is mostly Protestant and part of the, great, uh, the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. The rest of Ireland is pretty Catholic and is just the Republic of Ireland. Over the years, there was a lot of fighting over whether Northern Ireland should be part of the Republic of Ireland. And the Good Friday Accords in the late 90s put a stop to that, all the car bombs, all the killings, etc., by agreeing that there should be no border between the two of them because they're in the European Union. Why would there be a border? There's no border between EU countries. But if you leave the European Union as the Brexiteers want to, by the way, Brexiteers, they have some really dumb names for themselves, including Brexiteers. But... If you leave the European Union, you got to ha- control the flow of people and goods coming in and out of your country, which means a border in Ireland, which is bad. So, yep. so one of the things Theresa May fig- and the European Union worked out was something called the backstop agreement, where, yeah, we leave the EU, but there's still not really a border in Ireland until we figure this out. It's the question mark, question mark, question mark, profit part of the equation. It really is, though. And the problem is that the hard Brexiteers want to be like, so that question mark, question mark, question mark there is a secret plot to keep us in the EU forever. And so we refuse to vote for this deal because it's just a, a trick by those crafty European and those Irish who are everyone knows are the most clever and Trixie to keep us in the EU forever. So on to the voting for this deal, because this is the thing that has deeply confused me. Do you like voting, Dad? Do you like voting every single day? (laughs) Do they... This is the thing that I I feel so dumb asking this question, Mm because I 
think I know the answer, but I also can't believe the answer. Mm-hmm. They keep voting on the same thing. Oh, yes. yes oh, yes, they do. Oh, but here's... Why? Because Theresa May thinks that as we get closer to the deadline, more people will agree that her deal is the only way to save Britain. That's, I think, the logic coming out. Uh, Because the EU won't reopen negotiations. They're like, well, this is what we agreed to, and it's up to y'all fucks to figure out the rest. So they keep having... So what's wild is there's two kinds of votes that they've been having, right? The meaningful votes, which are binding, which are like, no, this is like a re- full realsy vote on whether we want to do this, whatever this proposal is or not. And what they call, which is the most British thing, indicative votes, which are like, for funsies, straw polls, like, what? who's in fa- So going back to Maureen's analogy, imagine if during this dinner conversation, uh, the decision from the your the group leaders, well, we're going to medieval times, and you have... Votes that count on like, okay, guys, are we going to medieval times or not? And you just keep losing. But then someone says, well, I know we've talked it through and we decided on medieval times, but who wants to do McDonald's instead? Everyone raise your hands. It doesn't really count, but let's just see. Let's just get an idea of who will be interested in some McDonald's. You can vote for both. You can say we're going to medieval times and a McDonald's. Like you can vote. For, you know, all of them, or like no dinner, we live in the bottom of a well, or you know, brunch Crash instead. the car into a ditch. And is is England a real place? Barely yes. anymore. I mean, of course, it's sort of a real place. I mean, you can go there, but do you go there? I go. I think if I have to go there all the time, I'm married to an English person. I mean, that was your Are choice, you really though. Yes, I think so. Okay, also, so, uh, but but I'll say this. His dad is Scottish, which means he could be Scottish if Scotland was then fuck y'all, goodbye, and then left. Mm-hmm. Then he could be Scottish. Is yeah, that a the, thing? Speaking of referendums, it kind of is. A couple of years back, there was a referendum on whether Scotland should break away from the UK. It lost, but ever since Brexit, there's been talks again of like bringing that back. The Scottish National Party, has, which uh, is a pretty powerful force in parliament it's been like guys are are, are you sure we don't want to give that another shot because scotland voted to stay right yeah if you look at the breakdown by like country inside the uk england voted to leave the rest of the country was kind of like no nah, we're kind of cool so imagine that every single day this week because really the effective deadline for this is the 10th of april well actually let's pause really quickly because let's not forget the effective deadline was supposed to have been last week. Last Friday was supposed to be official Brexit day. Like, we're out, we did it, No, either we have a deal or we don't. But the default is supposed to have been that last Friday, UK was out of the EU. Instead, much like the person who didn't finish their draft manuscript, they went to EU and said, oh, can we get an extension on this for how long? Oh, couple? And you told them, well, you can have until May if you have a deal. And like April, uh, we'll say the 12th, if you don't. And Bird's like, oh, sure, great, I can do that. And then proceeded to write zero more words. And so every single day, they go in and do one of two things. They either vote on the same deal or they have an indicative vote. That's what they, or like today they had a five hour long meeting. Okay, I'm not going to step on 
we could talk about just what's happened this week. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so those so those million indicative votes have been which took place last week uh, were on like every single option you can think of. Should we do Theresa May's deal? Should we leave without uh, a deal? Should we cancel Article Fifty? Uh, should we have another referendum? Should we have like a Norway-style arrangement with the European Union? Should we just have the customs union? And guess what, buddies? All of them failed. None of them got a majority. There is not a majority for anything to happen regarding Brexit. No, Parliament can't come to majority on literally any option. And then we came to... And then when did they do the third vote? Was that The third Friday? vote, I... Yes, that sounds right. Because Monday, yesterday, as because we're recording on Tuesday, they did another indicative vote where they're like, okay, we'll get it down to four. Mm-hmm. And um, they were, so there were some new ones like the default. This was a, it was a spicy introduction. The default will, won't be no Brexit. It'll, it won't be no deal. It will be no Brexit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can have customs, uh, the customs union, they can have this common market 2.0. And the other one was like, everyone gets a cake. I forget what the fourth <laughs> one was. But they all also failed. So today, Theresa May had like a, a giant meeting. They, everyone was like, come on, everybody have a meeting, have a meeting, have a meeting, have a meeting. Huddle up, guys, huddle up. Huddle, huddle come on, come on, come on, everybody, everybody, come here. And all the reporters are outside listening at the door. They go, and there's like a, be a, be a big announcement, going to be a big announcement. She's going to come out. She's going to tell us what the meeting thing is. She's going to come out. Here she is. And she said, we are going to work with the opposition party, the Labour Party, to try to find a compromise deal. Uh. Sure. But, yeah. But you ha- can you get? Th- but that's what you've been doing. So no, can no, you get no, that no. done I've by been next week? Negotiating with the Conservatives, and now we're going to talk to the Labour Party as well. And surely together we'll come up with something. So <laughs> she asked for more time, <laughs> which it's unclear if the EU will actually grant her because um, it's unclear if she can actually do a deal with Labour that will get through, considering. Again, these indicative votes, they weren't whipped by party. Like the part, the, the Tory leaders and the labor leaders weren't telling their crew how to vote. And they still couldn't okay. get a majority. So I have two questions here. The first yes. is short, which mm-hmm. is, I read something at one point last week. One of the things she offered was vote for my deal and I'll quit. Correct. As an incentive. As an yes. incentive. Like, that was the sweetener she tossed in. A little extra for you. Uh, I'm out of here. Yeah. And, okay, so, but... Oh, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but there was something that happened, I, was this like a year ago, that it was pretty fucked up, and she's like, all right, I've got a, I've got a plan. We'll have a general election. Yes. That way we'll get more people, like, we'll fix parliament, and we'll, we'll be able to get to the bottom of this. And she was like, election! And bear in and mind, it- when she helped, called for the election, the conservatives had a majority. She wanted a bigger majority to really push through Brexit. Yeah, just to really get this thing done. And she had an election and uh, lost a whole bunch of her seats. So... She lost so many seats that she had to ally with the Democratic Ulster Party, which is a super right-wing party based in Northern Ireland that normally oh, is good. complete anathema to anyone in what politics. What could go wrong? Like, people have, like, 
jokingly talked about how bad things would have to be to make it a lot. I believe Theresa May herself even dunked on labor for at one point considering forming an alliance with the DUP. And so for her to have to do that was not great. This was in 2017, though. So we had all of last year. So, But I got to note that a few years back, I believe it was 2010, they put, Britain put into place a law that was supposed to end snap elections. Because they used to be able to be like, whatever, uh, this government's not really working for me. Queen, can you dissolve this and we can just try this again? Oh, election time. But everyone was sick of that. So they said, no, five years. Every five years, we're going to have an election. And that's the rule now. And they've already had at least two elections since then. So that went great. Yeah. <sighs> Second question. Yeah, sure. <laughs> The idea that they are now going to work with labor mm -hmm. to make a deal, mm -hmm. we're still talking about the same deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Essentially. Or or they could come up with an entirely new deal and take that to the EU and be like, so I know we said medieval times, but we've come up with this new deal where instead we just ride horses and have hamburgers. What do you think of that deal? It's pretty close, isn't it? Meanwhile, I love I love every single one of the hypothetical deals that we're coming up with. By the I way, know. you would you would be a, a good Brexiteer. <laughs> well, as long as it involves meals and medieval times. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a million people on the streets of 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 Britain marching because they're like, "Please don't let ourselves. We don't want to shoot ourselves in the face anymore. We don't want this. We never wanted this. This was a crazy people vote." And so they want what's called the people's vote, a second referendum. Let's do this again, guys. Come on, we'll do it right this time. Except no one can guarantee that they'll do it right. If you hold a second referendum there, no one knows how the question will be phrased because polling between the options of hard Brexit, leaving, and Theresa May's deal. I believe at one point, none of those had a majority among the British people either. So if you hold another referendum, there's leave could win again. No deal could win. No, or it's just a hung vote and no option wins. It's all maddening. And again, this all has to be done by next Thursday. So going back. This to, is exhausting. I get I, I, I really get like a bit of a sick thrill breaking down for people now how fucked Brexit is. Like it's just so many levels of omni fuck that it's like you could just go forever <laughs> talking about the different ways in the, which none of this is going to work for anyone. Yeah, it's like it's like Groundhog. Day. Yeah. Uh, so going back to the indicative vote that failed and Theresa May saying, hey, let's work with labor to find a new deal. Uh, one thing that everyone's trying to avoid is yet another general election. Because if the election were held today, Jeremy Corbyn's party, the Labour Party, would get the most votes. But not enough seats to form a coalition. So there would still be no government if they were to hold the election today. And let's not forget, Jeremy Corbyn, I believe the quote is, when asked how he feels about remaining, he was like, I'm like a seven, seven and a half in favor of remaining. He's not very committed. He's a Euroskeptic. He doesn't love the European Union for different reasons than the Tories and the Brexiteers, but he's not been like, uh, no, guys, we need to stay. So is... Uh... 
And would the European Europe- Union even be like, cool, y'all? <laughs> no harm, no foul. Welcome back. Yes. At this point. They're trying, They're to. trying to, because here's the thing. The European Court of Justice, I think I mentioned this last time I was on, this had just happened. The European uh, High Court of the European Union said, yeah, uh, if you guys want to revoke Article 50, that's like totally legal. Like, we won't stop you if you wanted to say, we quit, we're done, we're just, we're fine, let's do it. So that, yeah. so they're all set to like, like, yeah. We will take you back. Take, we will take you back. Take back season effect. But meanwhile, guess what's coming up? Answer, elections for the European Parliament, which the EU, which the EU is like, uh, Britain, if, are, are you in, you out? What are you doing? The UK's like, we're working on it. We don't, do we have Jesus to? Christ. Do we have to put someone up? I mean, can't we just vote and then get out? Like, it's very confusing. Even like in the best of times, the European Parliament system is super fucking confusing. And I like study this all the time. So basically the EU, the way it's set up, they have a council where the heads of state and government meet, but they also have a parliament where laws are debated and passed for the European Union. And it's, generally full of kind of some crazy people because no one really can't, no one super wants to do it, but your their elections are happening in the next couple of months. And so you're, the question is, will the UK be represented in the next parliament, even if they've remained? Yeah. So did I, did we mention this all has to be done by next Thursday? Yeah. Next, next Thursday. Thursday. This isn't going to end well. Well, in in Europe, it's like it's like finding out that someone has been digging your grave because <laughs> they're getting ready in Europe. They're like, look, we're getting our shit together mm-hmm. in case these people crash out. Like we have to put stuff at the ports. We have to, you know, get all the equipment together. Like anything and- we need to import from Britain, we're going to stockpile because who knows what the fuck. Britain, meanwhile, uh, is super fucking fucked considering the fact that the person who they had in charge of transport uh, gave a contract for the ferry. So the, the, the crossing at Dover, between crossing the English Channel from Calais in France to Dover, handles a metric shit ton of trade every day. But if they leave the EU, there's got to be a border there. You got to check the shit that's coming into your country. Right. So the guy running the Ministry of Transportation, gave the contract for the ferries that would be handling that now to a company that has no ferries. Uh, that's just joke. a detail, though. <laughs> <laughs> and the, my favorite thing about this guy is he can't be fired. Theresa May can't kick him out because he's one of the least crazy Brexiteers who's available but he's also extremely incompetent and everybody knows it. Did we mention this is all happening next Thursday <laughs> right now? Unless unless they're like, okay, we'll get, because they're like, look, if you don't get your shit together, you either get two years or, you know, you have to be in the election, like get your shit together. Like we're, we're done with yeah. you. Like, so yeah. So Theresa May has asked for another extension and no one is really sure yet whether or not as of this recording, the EU is going to grant to be like, you know what? You just get an F for this semester. Yeah. Like 
look, you, you can't keep breaking your arm. Like we just, we know that you're lying. We've known that you're lying all along. Uh, Next Thursday, man. I, holy shit. Next Thursday. No. So, Hayes. Yes. Final question. Yes. As a person that studies this, watches this, is keeping close tabs and reporting on this. What the fuck is going to happen? Dude, if I knew that, I would have played the lottery and won. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'd be a billionaire relaxing in the Bahamas. <sighs> if I if I had the mental wherewithal to correctly predict Brexit, my final four would be absolutely perfect <laughs> in my NCAA bracket. I have no idea what's going to happen. Zero. And this poor guy. So the New York Times recently had a piece on this brave soul who's been trying to map out flowcharts for every twist and turn about what could happen with Brexit. And he's so tired. He's so, so tired. He's like, okay, as of like April 12th, whatever happens, leave, stay, whatever, I quit. I can't make any more flowcharts, guys. It's too much. It's too confusing. Uh, Did we mention that this is all coming to a head next Thursday right now? Unless... (laughs) What happens if someone's like flying into England next Wednesday? Dude, great question. <laughs> Nobody knows. Like my brother-in-law and like his whole family, they went to France for their, like a trip because that's what you do in England. And everyone's like, I guess you're going to get back in. <laughs> probably. I don't know. We hope. Yeah. Yeah. Probably fine. I mean, like this is a lot of infrastructure to spin up in a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I think you can't. That sounds accurate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's sounds right. correct. I don't know if you know anything about um, that area, but they those are islands. They're on islands. Yeah. Yeah. They're on islands. Actual islands surrounded by ocean. Act- straight does up the, islands. Does the tunnel train just stop? Unclear because, you know, you got to check people's papers coming in after right. this date. And I don't know if they got that system really uh, in place. <sighs> Did wow. we mention that this all, unless there's an extension, is going to happen next Thursday? You did. You did mention that part. Oscar looks like he can see ghosts. <laughs> oh, we have one of my colleagues in from London this weekend. He's just not doing great. You keep finding him hiding in the cabinetry. He, we, we laugh, and he's like broken inside, which is like. We're laughing through the tears of the U.S., so it's all fair. It's all fun and games, guys. It's all funsies. Yeah, we we uh, we also have, you know, we, we have a different problem. And in this house, we try to figure out who is the most fucked. And this week, Oscar is winning, <laughs> which is exciting. <sighs> and this has been your Brexit corner. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. <laughs> That was perfect. It's so terrible. (laughs) So awful. It's fine, Maureen. It's fine. Dan, how do you feel? I I mean, like the... Talking to Haze Mm. makes me feel like I'm fucking high and I don't want to be because all of that shit seems 
fucking bananas. Like someone gave you a brownie and you're like, ooh, thanks, a brownie. And then you ate it. I love brownies. And then you're like, why is the floor dropping out below me? And they're oh, did you eat that? Oh. (laughs) Whoops. I found a whole tray of them. What was the problem? Yeah, it's like that. I don't understand any words that he says. None of them make sense. I listened to so much. I listened to the parliamentary debate. I guess it was on Thursday. Or maybe it was Friday. And they've just been going so late. It must have been 11 there. And they got to the end of their Brexit debate for the day. And they are all, you know, exhausted and raw. Apparently there are reports of MPs just crying. Like they're just weeping all the time because. Seems fine. I listened to the debate all the way down. And then this one Scottish guy was like, I know we're all tired, but I've just got to, I just, we have to do one piece of normal business. And I know it's 1130 at night, but you guys, I wrote this whole thing about the importance of the post office in my town. And God damn it. I am going to read it. (laughs) That and he awesome. did. And he did. He was like, you know what? We fucking need this post office. The post office is the center of life for a lot of our my elderly constituents. And it has a lot of services because post offices in the UK, you have like they have a lot of services. Yeah. People could do their banking there and things like that. So, or it was also a shop, as in Oscar's town that he grew up in. The shop was also the post office. Sure. So this guy, he was like, Fuck y'all, I know this Brexit terrible shit is, but you know what? My job is, one of my jobs is to come here and protect the post office. And God damn it, I am going to do it. I'm in. Hats off to that guy who stood up and was like, I'm doing it. I'm doing my job. And this- Hats off to all postal employees. Yeah. Because you know what? I fucking love the post office, Maureen. It's a good thing. I'd be that guy. I'd be giving a speech in the middle of the night about the post office if I could. Dan standing up all beardy. Listen up, fuckers. I really love the post office. I just like shipping things. You should run for office. No, I shouldn't. Well, I shouldn't. I prefer marginal employment, Maureen. But this is why I'm excited about the post office this week, Maureen, because we, me and you, Mm. says who podcast are the Mm. proud owners of a shipping printer. What? Which me- yes. Because we have so many patrons that it is a real problem shipping everything to people. So we now have a printer which prints us out shipping labels and we can get shit out faster than ever before. And I love it, Maureen. I love it so much. Wow. I mean, come on. You guys did this. Literally every one of you listening... And, you know, and literally all of you who, who are Patreons, you bought us a shipping printer and thank you. Yeah, we do. Other thank po- you. Other podcasts will be like, yeah, we're reading ads for mattresses and stuff and, and food boxes like HelloFresh. Yeah. But not you know us. What here? No, you literally gave us money and we turned it into pins and a shipping printer and a bunch of postage and stamps and stuff. Yeah. Well, now all the postage and stamps just come out of the printer. It's a fucking miracle machine, Maureen. Thank you for buying us a postage printer, Sesuvia. Yeah. The Sesuvia post office is open. It is. It is open for business. And you can go to patreon.com slash says who. And you can also support us. And you can get stuff shipped through the mail 
by me and our shipping printer for just two bucks you can get a sticker for five bucks you can get a sticker and you can get a bunch of extra episodes of says who and for 10 bucks you can get all those things and and a wedgie the wedge salad pin and for 25 bucks, you can get signed books from me and Maureen. We sent a big shipment of books out just the other week, and people are very excited to get them. And I want to really talk, I just want to thank right now three very special people. Um, for real. For real. These are our Main Street moguls. Uh, they should have been getting an ad once a week, every week. And just, I will admit, the last two or three weeks, I got a little off my game. Because the travel and of the kind of stuff that was going on here. Um, and I need to, so I'm going to really double down. Really, I just, if you could all, if we could just stand up and thank the following. Da, Colin. Da, 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 Colin, da, da, you da, fucking legend. Da, I plucked your eyebrows da, once. Da, da, your mom knows who I am. I'm on your credit da, card. Da, da, Colin, da, da, you're a shining star da, and we love you. Everybody, thank you, Colin. And now, Alexander the Machine Danner. What can I say? You're a star. You're you're a goddamn inspiration and legend. You're loved by millions, but you're loved by us. And your house on in Sesuvia is in a really nice place near the dog park. Thank you also to Dustin, the machine ward. Wasn't that the guy the machine too? Yes, they were. Because you are also a machine. And you've been with us since the beginning of this. And we can't thank you enough for being the best possible Dustin, the best possible Alexander, and the best possible Colin. And this show would not happen without these three we would be nothing we would be a smoldering pile of ash dan's beard would be on fire if not for these three people dan it's true i'm getting emotional again these three but behind them stand all the residents of says who be all of you and we stand here to commemorate this opening of our post office where we hope to send letters, handwritten letters like they used to get, and where you could see someone's handwriting on a piece of paper. And and, and you want to know something, Dan? Elton John and his husband, they do a thing where every, they've been together for 25 years, and every single Saturday, they write each other a handwritten note telling them how much they love each other and all the stuff that happened that week. And oh if they goodness. if they can't be there in person, they either courier the thing or fax it. So you he actually and then it's folded and left by the bedside so that they always have a commemorative thing of like and then they keep all the letters in a special archive of their love in like a fi- fireproof safe in the house somewhere. And they've had they have all of them. That's wow. the kind of thing. Yeah. Isn't that good? That is good. Every single week, for and they, it's yes. because they met on a Saturday, they celebrate their anniversary every Saturday by sending each other a handwritten note. Man, they kind of make all the rest of us look like chumps. That's pretty good, right? 
Yeah, that's pretty Dan, good. I have to say, the other morning I watched the Rocket Man trailer probably ten times in a row. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. Dan, is there an outlet who will let me write about Rocket Man and Bohemian Rhapsody? Because I'm already composing incredibly long, detailed essays in my head. I'm sure that there is. I'm invested in this in a way that you I, I don't think you quite understand. I kind of understand. I think Elton John, could he be our first like could he be like on a stamp that we do or you know, like the you know, in our new post office? I'm what other podcast is going to tell you about their postage printer that you bought? You, you, you. the listeners. I I I'm tired of corporations, Stan, and bullshit. This is people making a thing that everyone said, don't make it. It's not, it just make eight things and then stop, make, just don't do it. What are you doing in that closet? Why do you keep going to the basement? What's happening? And we're like, we got to talk about what's happening. And everyone's like, but we know it's all so terrible. And we're like, yeah, we know we keep talking about it. And then we built a town and now we have proof of the town in the form of this postage machine. It's true. Oh, postage machine. Oh, I thought you were going on a whole no, ode to no, the postage I was, I was machine. Done. I was, I was giving done. you I was giving Look, you some room there. You haven't said you can, much, so I was giving you a little room. Stuff you can get through the mail is good. It is. You know what for, else is good? Like for example, say you're hungry. Mm -hmm. You can oh, even get food God. through the mail. How do I still fall for this shit every time? I don't know. I don't know. You were like, say you're hungry, and I'm like, Yeah, I know I am kind of hungry. Mm -hmm. Is yeah. dinner time? Yep. Me, tell me more. Mm -hmm. God damn it. Our theme music is performed by t every time. Our theme every music time. is performed by Ted Leo. He'll send we you a potato. Love Darth. Darth. You can likes contact potato. us at Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H E Y at sayswhopodcast.com. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash groups slash sayswhovians. I will put a shout out to the fact that Alex, who made us amazing cookies, put a bunch of photos of her cookies up in the Facebook group. So they are there at Facebook at slash groups slash sayswhovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. Maureen, we talked about this at the top of the episode, but we're going to talk it at the bottom, too. If you want to come and see us live, maybe I'll bring the postage machine. So you can see the postage machine come to Pod X in Nashville, May 31st through June 2nd. We are going to be doing a live show on Saturday, June 1st. And there are so many other amazing podcasts that are going to be there. Good Morning Night Vale is going to be there, which means our friend Hal Lublin is going to be there. Yay! Oh no, Ross and Carrie is going to be there. I like that podcast. The a History bunch. Chicks, my girls from the History Chicks will be there. So many good folk will be there, and you can be there too by going to podx.com/slash/says-who. You can get ten percent off your ticket by going that route. So come to Nashville and hang out. It'll be a lot of fun. At the end of that, I think I will technically be doing two two different events in two states in one day. Because I will be finishing Pod what X to the what and flying directly to Pod to to book on in New York. Jesus, it's going to be that kind of Phil Collins goes to that both is... Live Aids kind of thing. Yeah, I like it. Um, also, I just found out. I'm just got an email. I'm going to yes, going to be at the LA Public Library on the 10th of April. 
which is, I may have mentioned the day that all of this Brexit stuff comes down. Um, I will be like getting off the plane in LA and going to this event. It's like, that's my new thing where I'm like, I'm right. I'm there. I'm there. You're I'm there. coming. You're at on 4 it. PM at Panama city uh, in LA. And I'm also be at the LA time festival of books on Sunday, the Sunday of that week. 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th. Yeah. Dates. Los, Los Angeles. I'm coming to you. I want to see your avocado trees. Your, it is such a nice city. Your your kale, your sunlight. It is a good it is a good place. You can spread the word, you can subscribe, and please leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen. And you can join us next week, April 10th, for our next episode. I don't know if we mentioned this, but April 10th is the day that all this it'll be fine brexit will be fine maureen they've handled it well from the start i think you can rely on them to do this and it will be fine (sighs) from my basement in chicago i'm dan sinker from well in my heart i'm in the sesuvia post office I'm Maureen Johnson. And this has been Says Who. I really did put that blender. I shoved that blender in that thing. I got that thing in there. Smacked it down. Yeah, most people just throw things away, Maureen. I recycled it. I just did it in a fancy coffee store. You know, the coffee people were like, God damn it. Another blender. Fuck them. Thank <laughs> you.